0: tom parry matt boyle i hear you like to rock the dragon
1: occasionally i do like to rock the dragon
0: good i hear you have been rocking said dragon
1: yes uh, in a way that i've never rocked the dragon before
0: good let's get into it it's tom Matt attack I was, for that introduction, just going to scream, Kamehameha! Um, but I, I thought that wouldn't be that great and probably confuse you, maybe even startle yeah. you. Maybe give you a bit of PTSD, considering the game we've both been playing.
1: I'm glad my volume isn't too loud on the headphones
0: right now. I mean, I'm definitely going to have to tweak the volume on that segment, but that's how it is. How are you, Tom Parry, before we yeah, start talking well, about... Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, Matt am Yeah. Um, Yeah?
1: Had quite a pleasant weekend, uh quite relaxing makes a change from the busy working week which I I know you're well aware of yeah so yeah I'm I'm in good spirits I've been enjoying a certain game that we're going to talk about now I suppose
0: yes um a, a game that I have enjoyed and talked about on this podcast and as you so rightly pointed out never felt the urge to play until this moment in time what game would that be Tom and why do you suddenly feel the urge to play it
1: well the game is Fortnite and the urge <laughs> stems from Dragon Ball.
0: Yes. So for those of you who haven't seen for those of you who don't, anytime you boot up your PlayStation Five like I do, see the glow of Fortnite and going like, Oh, come over here. Um, there is now some Dragon Ball super related content in Fortnite. Goku with a gun baby, which is weird. it well, is
1: weird. Yeah, I, I'm not sure still how I feel about that. I was very eager to get the Goku skin uh, for the game, which sounds weird to wear Goku's skin, but yeah. Uh, but to see him wandering around with a machine gun, shotgun, or whatever else you're carrying, does feel at odds with the character specifically. I, I feel like if I'd have... Maybe purchase a Vegeta skin. I wouldn't feel so bad about gunning people down, but uh, it's it's not really in Goku's uh, character to to, <laughs> to do this. It's
0: okay. I'm I'm sure in like five years' time there will be a Dragon Ball Fortnite movie, and he'll be called Gunku, and he'll be an mm. alternate version of Goku.
1: But then again, how many characters have we seen appear in Fortnite who wouldn't traditionally be carrying a gun? I think it's I mean, quite a common. Ho- hopefully,
0: thing. Ariana Grande. Um, <laughs> For one um lots of things i naruto uh all of the cast from there ryu from street fighter guile and kami okay i can buy into that they're military but like ryu doesn't doesn't seem like the man to hold a gun with yeah. his philosophy and everything else hmm.
1: i do wonder how they select which characters i mean in case of dragon ball it's what's current isn't it who are the yes. two most popular oh goku and vegeta who's the female character uh bulma <laughs> I guess yeah. they, had a, they had to have a long think about what female character to include. But I then mean, um,
0: Beerus, I guess, is current. I suppose. I mean, I guess I I'm not up to date on Dragon Ball Super. Like, if my friends were chatting in our manga chat, which is generally where I I rant and rave about One Piece, and they were like, "Does anyone mind if I post?" spoilers about Dragon Ball Super and I was like no not at all and they mentioned loads of names it was like you didn't spoil anything I have no idea who any of these people are I'm up to date with the manga I've never
1: watched the anime of Super but I do intend to but it's um, I think it's going to be a case of it's a little bit more drawn out and uh, the two films uh, we had uh, Battle Gods and Resurrection F are are redone in the uh, anime so yeah yeah, until you get to anything new, there's quite a lot of stuff to watch uh, regarding those two stories before you get into the uh, the newest things. Yeah,
0: I just, I just don't care. Like since they kind of blew up the whole idea of Dragon Ball canon. I mean, it was never really there with the movies anyway. But like Super being its own weird thing and ignoring and GT Well, Super and... is
1: a continuation. It's not like yeah, but of Z, right? Yeah, well, off the whole of Dragon Ball, yeah. That's, I, that's I uh, GT's the uh, sidelined series here.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But still, I just, I, I just can't, Tom. I just can't. There's after one piece, I'm just like, no, I'm not going down another rabbit hole again. Oh, I honestly well, it, thought I should read Dragon Ball again. I was no, I'm good.
1: Oh, I, it, I just finished reading uh, Dragon Ball a little while ago. I'm, I'm reading through Dragon Ball Z now, and I tell you what, Dragon Ball was the, the best. I mean, the the variety in Dragon Ball, I think, is uh, even at times preferable to Dragon Ball Z, you know, I feel. It's, it's a good, fun, light adventure. And as much as I like Dragon Ball Z, I, uh, yeah, I feel that Dragon Ball, as it was, the original story, was something truly quite special.
0: I mean, Dragon Ball has a lot of variety to it, as you say. I've always thought Dragon Ball Z is just... I don't know. It is like peak shonen. Hey, we're going to be tournaments every single arc of this thing. Whereas,
1: well, Dragon to say Ball the truth, that, though, the tournaments yeah. were always a thing. But yeah. no, I I was about to say like yeah.
0: they're there in Dragon Ball, obviously. Like I know they go to karate tournaments. They're a bigger thing
1: in in Dragon Ball, but it's it, the fighting is is uh, more uh, dominant in Dragon Ball. Anyway, well, sorry, yeah. we're talking about the Dragon Ball. We should be talking about Fortnite. Which I am surprised that I'm enjoying as much as I am. It's a good fucking game, isn't it? <laughs> I told but you. I don't I don't think without you, Matt, I would actually be enjoying it. I think it took you explaining things like now I know to get the shields. I think that was huge. Because yeah. I was dying so I didn't know what these things were. I wasn't reading, you know, I wasn't uh. reading what what these things were I was getting out of the chest. Oh fine so you know now you find the chests, you get the weapons, you get the shields, you get the med packs and then then you're good you know keep ahead of that storm incoming you, you've got to learn a few things before you can enjoy the game i feel and uh, thank you uh, for your your time last night in teaching no me how to play Fortnite.
0: it's okay tom parry has is, is witnessed that i am actually good at this game but i'm not just saying it we won three well.
1: victory royales in a row we did, and I didn't manage the same this morning. The first time I actually turned it on and tried, I landed somewhere and got shot immediately, within seconds of appearing on the map. It, it um, happens. But the following three games, I did a lot better. I was finishing top five um, yeah. at that point. So I think I got third. My best was third. On, I came the second
0: two map. times in a row this morning, yeah. and I was really annoyed. Yeah. It's because, well, right, what happened was, in two games, I killed eight other players like back to back everyone was rushing me i trying to do come ama has and i was just sliding around shotgunning jumping up using an assault rifle and i did that for like eight people and i was like oh, i, I have am got any health i have got anything and then just one person just started lobbing grenades over a hill and then ran at me in a car i was like oh, i have no answer to your car <laughs> i've only got a shotgun
1: yeah it's um it's very well thought out i think and it works really well, but I know it's not the only game of its type. No, um, definitely, there are many games like this, and I've not really played many of them. I've seen you play Apex. I've never played Warzone. Yeah, um, there's more, isn't there? There's, there's pub- there more. I mean, there's PUBG, PUBG which is a yes. game that's popular. PUBG. Oh yeah, I played this. that. I didn't like that. Um, I like G- this
0: more. PUBG for me was. It's very realistic. You have to think about things like Bullet Drop, and I, that's not the kind of game I want to play. I understand there are people are, who are into like really when realistic things. When you say things. Bullet
1: Drop, what do you mean?
0: So, you know when you have a sniper rifle in a game like Halo, and you have the reticle, and then you have like markers around the sides of it like ah, for right. when an enemy's far away? There is realistic bullet simulation in games like PUBG because it comes from Rust. And so you have to be thinking, right, this person's roughly this distance away. I can't aim with the main reticle. I need to use the little markers around the side of oh, the. Oh, I've got no time for that. Yeah. No, I just don't care. <laughs> like, it, that just takes all the fun out of it for me. Fortnite, if you've got a powerful enough gun, you just shoot in a straight line. But... And I'm like, cool.
1: To be fair to to PUBG, when I was playing that, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have the knowledge I have now of the Battle Royale system as it is, uh, as I've experienced in Fortnite. So I think if I'd had that um, going into PUBG, I probably would have enjoyed it just a little bit more than I did. Um, I've only ever had one other experience playing Fortnite, and this was on the Switch. Curious, I downloaded it, I died straight away, I uninstalled it. That was my whole experience with, uh, with Fortnite. But now... Now I like the game very much, but I couldn't. I still couldn't see myself playing it for hours and hours. I think I, I, I feel. On one hand, yes, I could. I did have that urge to keep playing, but on the other hand, it was more to sort of increase my level than for my enjoyment of the game. It was more like I enjoyed it, but I've probably had enough now. But what made me want to keep playing was, oh, if I do this one more thing, yeah. then I can get this extra
0: thing. that's the thing man as i talked about on the the episode where i got into it they're very 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 good at like laying breadcrumbs of like oh just do this one more thing and then you'll get this or this and oh look at that if you just if you just jump on the nimbus cloud and fire a kamehameha and then land back on the nimbus cloud we'll give you some we'll give you some xp for that It encourages you to play the game in a different way, which I think is really cool, because I learned how to play Fortnite by using the quest system and going, like, all right, I need to do this. This is cool. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. So, for example, today there was one that was like, uh, to get the last recovery Dragon Ball, to get the Shenron Glider, was heal yourself in a tent. I was like, oh, I didn't realize you healed faster in a tent. That's interesting. They're very good at like going, hmm, people aren't using this feature. Maybe we should make this a quest to encourage them to know it's I there. I didn't realise that either. No, it, it it's a very clever game, and they're very, they're very smart people, obviously, which is why millions of people play Fortnite with how they engage so, their player base. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good game, though. I like
1: it. It's free-to-play, essentially, which yes. gets everyone on board. But then, of course, by doing things like these collaborations, as they call them, they do tempt you to spend your money on them they do and uh, yeah of course in this case i as i said previously i bought the goku skin which wasn't cheap i bought it in a bundle with the uh, beerus and some extra items and such and uh how i feel about that? i feel like the game itself is probably worth what the 17 pound i paid yeah. which seems like a lot of money to me for the skins, but when I think about oh, the game was free anyway. That's how I've I've managed to justify it in my in my head. Um, yeah, how you do you just... feel about uh, the price of things in Fortnite?
0: I mean, for me, they're they're very expensive. To be fair, though, that is that is this model of game. Even Apex, hmm. everything is very expensive. In Apex, it... yeah, you need to even buy the characters. So. Yeah. I don't know. I like, for me Fortnite at least there's no class system like there is in Apex where you need to play it. Also as I I mentioned like I've played these games to death. I really love Apex Legends and I think those skills are somewhat transferable to Fortnite which is why I'm quite good at Fortnite. It's I kind of like that you have the option to buy stuff. I think they are very expensive for what they are. Like, anytime I've gone to buy a skin, be that the Blanker one that got me in originally, or thinking, should I buy Kakashi? Should I get Naruto? I've thought about it and looked at the price and thought, well, I could buy the Battle Pass, which is like 900 V-Bucks, and potentially get a lot more skins for that, but that would require me to play more of the game. But, yeah,
1: are these skins you want? I, I guess is the thing. Yeah. Are you willing to pay that little extra money to get something that you really want? And, yeah. and that's why it caught me out. Um, but yeah, the fact that I was getting two skins and all the items as well, I think sweetened the deal a bit, but I don't see myself doing that
0: again. Uh, really. You wait, Tom Parry. They'll they'll do another season of Dragon Ball stuff and they'll be Mr. Satan. Is this, and like, is this possible Yeah, they well, will do another season? So this is Ball. this is what they did with Naruto. Um so originally it was Naruto, Sasuke, um Kakashi and Sakura, like the main three kids and their teacher. Yeah. And then they did another round. So I think they brought in Gar, uh his sister, who I've forgotten her name, Hinata, who's Naruto's wife now in Boruto. And another character, oh, um, not Suna, the other, the, the. I'm d- I'm oh, character. don't know Naruto. Naruto. Naruto? Um, yeah, they brought in another male character as well, so like two female, two male. I, I, to be fair though, to your point of like, oh well, what female character do we bring in? Bulma. I think had this game been be been made five years ago. Yes, you would have still got Bulma, but she would have been in, like, a bunny costume rather than, like, actually being her as a character. So I do give Fortnite some props for that, of not just, like, going, yeah, lady, and actually going, like, cool, you actually want to play a smart, empowered character from this show? Well, Bulma,
1: despite her various outfit, has always been that, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not always that smart. Well, she's always been reasonably smart. Okay.
0: I mean, she she but, made uh, she makes all the capsule stuff, man. I know well, her dad's that, that an is, inventor that is, as well, that is but very still. smart.
1: being able to fix that Dragon Ball radar all the time, yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's pretty smart. Um, but I guess in the pursuit of uh, uh, Yamcha, she hasn't always been the the, the, the smartest.
0: I mean, <laughs> not, not in
1: love, maybe in the scientific uh, area. But
0: <laughs> who who is smart in love, Tom Power? That's the question I asked you. Speaking of Dragon Ball radars, though, as you've already mentioned, there's a load of Dragon Ball tap that you can get by playing the game now, and I've got a Dragon Ball radar, which is going to be on me indefinitely. I think. Yeah,
1: I've got the Dragon Ball radar now as well. But it it takes the place of uh, where Goku puts his. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say where Goku puts his rod. I can never remember the name of Goku's stick. Oh, the, uh, the stick, the stick near me or something. Um, yeah, but yeah. So uh, and it also covers up his uh, turtle hermit uh, logo or, or his uh, King Kai logo or whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: symbol. I wouldn't say logo because it's a it's a character. It's just a kanji, um, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, So, yeah, but it is cool to have that, and, yeah, I think I will be uh, making use of it as well.
0: I'm actually a bit gutted, so we alluded to it a little bit. There's a lot of quests at the moment where, by doing certain objectives, you I think it's like three from each of these seven categories, you unlock a Dragon Ball, and you can Hmm. get Shenlong as a glider, which is the thing where you jump out of the bus, you'll be riding Shenlong, which is fucking cool. But they've not done the... Traditionally, what happens is you have a glider and then you have a an animation after that where mm-hmm. you're descending slowly, like parachuting. And mm-hmm. so there's no there's no animation for you descending on Shenlong. He doesn't turn into like a, a spirally dragon, so you slow down and fall on him. So you just glide in on Shenlong, and then when you stop, you go back to your regular one. It's like oh, so mm-hmm. I might I might have to keep my blade wheel like the. The character I have from season sixteen has a giant wheel of like neon blades that I surf in on and then hang turn on into that. a parachute. You just said
1: season sixteen, aren't we, on season
0: three? Oh right. Yes, we are on season three, however, the battle pass that I bought was sixteen because Fortnite Fortnite went up to like season twelve or something. And then was like, oh, we should make this episode two now so we can get new people in. And so mm. all of the seasons are weird numbers. We're in, Technically, we are in episode three or chapter three, season <laughs> three. I don't bloody know, Tom. I've only no. really been playing it a while. But like I have on my Switch account, because at the time you couldn't link them, I have Battle Pass items from the fourth season, which is when it launched on Switch. But yeah. Fortnite ah, numbering so system is d- weird. It's like Call of Duty, Tom. It's like Modern yeah. Warfare. It's them going, oh, this is a name that attracts people. Let's strip out yeah, the numbers sure. so people don't get intimidated.
1: So it's possible to link your account. Like I assume you have to have an Epic account to be able Epic to link account. it to your... Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've got
0: one. I'm not sure. I don't think I have an Epic account because I don't need the I'll... Epic
1: store. If I wanted to jump to say playing it on the Switch, show, I'd need to get one of them in order to carry across my character.
0: You would. I say yeah. this in the nicest way. You probably better playing it on the PS5.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, I'm sure the experience is slightly smoother and and the load times faster on the yes, PS5. Yes,
0: hundred percent. The time cool. between games is a lot quicker on the PlayStation. Well, I would. I, w- I will say though, particularly laggy because of the Dragon Ball stuff. I have not... It's been a while since I've experienced this level of lag in Fortnite. I. It's generally, it happens at peak times. But I I think this event will be very successful for them because I've not played like this and it's just been constantly laggy before. This is a very new thing. It kind of sucks, because you can't really use sniper rifles when it's this laggy, and some of the yeah. tasks are, use a scoped weapon. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, is I had there... no problems yeah. this
1: morning. I think it was more so in that sort of island, uh, adventure island area yeah. that was uh, more laggy than the actual the main Battle Royale game. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen see many people dressed as Bulma or Vegeta though. I've seen a Goku. Yeah, but not Bulma or Vegeta. or, or Beerus for that. I'm
0: one. I'm going to buy the Bulma skin. I think I my brain is just like, oh well, should I buy the Bulma skin? Or should i just wait for when they inevitably do a second season of this in a couple of months time and hopefully give me gohan and videl is that what you want to see i would love to i i kind of prefer how gohan looks generally like especially if they give me like um oh what the hell is the name of the hero costume sorry the hero costume like he- Gohan's like oh uh, superhero alter Saiyan ego same man man thank Saiyan. you yeah. i would love to play in the same man costume i think that would be dope
1: it's, it seems fitting for fortnite it seems to be a very fortnite stylistic yes thing. uh what i was thinking now what i'd like to see if say there was four more characters who would i like to see um featured i think it would be humorous to see uh Masuroshi featured um
0: <laughs> I don't think you're gonna get him because you've already got the staff and the backpack.
1: And his, yeah. And, and he's
0: in his shell. Um
1: I, I would say maybe Krillin would make Piccolo and Krillin make a lot of sense to appear. Uh if we're to add another female character, it'd probably be Chi Chi, I guess. No,
0: it'd be Vidal. <laughs> um we? There's also isn't there also like a lady sayer oh, no, I'm not that at yeah, there seeper. is, there is. But I, I, in terms of how
1: popular the characters are and how um, Chi-Chi is more prominent than Videl, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Chi-Chi with a machine gun sort of makes sense. I'd like to see Chi-Chi chasing after Goku with a with machine gun. Actually, in Fortnite.
0: Android be... 18.
1: Oh, sorry, yeah, 18. Okay, eighteen's going to be it then, not Chi-Chi. I
0: would imagine it would be 18. Okay, Piccolo,
1: Krillin, Android eighteen, and Freezer probably.
0: Uh, yeah, or Cell. I mean, there's been mm, no villains. I think villain. probably
1: been... more popular.
0: There's no stuff. villains, is there? I mean, like Vegeta is just an anti-hero. But then again, they didn't, they didn't do like Ochimaru for Naruto, so they haven't done any villains. Hmm. But then again, Vader. Mm.
1: Yeah, I th- I think Freezer's pretty obvious choice. Anyway, uh,
0: what about do uh, you want to see One Piece? I guess is the question. Oh, man, I would fucking I oh I'd buy I'd buy every skin, buy every item. <laughs> I couldn't I wouldn't be able to out myself. Who would you want to play as first? Who would be your most preferred? I mean, character? all of them would be super weird. Like that's yeah. the thing. Some of them wouldn't work, would they? I mean, I mean,
1: in terms of the size of um, is his name? What's his name? The big guy? Uh, Frankie. Frankie is it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, there are big, there are big Fortnite characters. Okay, he wouldn't really would... be like true scale, but no. I, I mean, let's be honest. You're going, you're going to do Luffy, Zoro, Sanji, Nami first, then maybe Usopp. Um, because like even Chopper would be weird. Chopper would probably have to be like his, the form yeah, we, after he yeah. eats the balls.
1: I'd like to see Boogie, Boogie the Clown.
0: Buggy would be cool. Cause he's oh, actually got, uh, yeah. that would oh I don't want to give one piece spoilers, but I would say if they did the four emperors that would be really cool. The current four emperors cuz they're all really cool characters. Yeah, I can't okay. say it. I can't say who they are. Like I'm just thinking like oh those would that would be really cool if they did something like that. But I think I think they would just do the original crew. I think you just get the straw hats. It's going to
1: happen, isn't it? I mean, it's it's uh, Toei animation, isn't it? Uh One
0: Piece. I mean, I I guess it Isn't I mean, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean it for me I I guess it's based on if Oda wants to do it or not. I think he has enough sway to be like, no, don't put a gun in Luffy's hand. But then again,
1: it did seem odd that uh Kira Toriyama agreed to this. I, d I but don't he, think, I, I think it's I think it's out of his hands. I d I don't think he has a say. I don't think it? so. I
0: I think he's just like how much do they want to pay? Yeah, sure. Do I, think, don't know, I don't know man. I've I, seen a lot more question well, saying that I've seen some pretty questionable one piece merchandise, but it's definitely more, I've seen Dragon Ball stuff that I'm like, why is this a thing? Hmm. If I think about like how how much licensed gear there is for both of those franchises, I'm like, hmm, I think they don't really care. But that said, I think Order has been very specific around the stuff that Luffy does and doesn't do, whereas Goku, especially like, oh my God, I want Evangelion characters. That's what I want. <laughs> I want, I, want uh, t- I want Shinji. I want to play Shinji and just have a break down every match and not pick up any weapons.
1: Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever see that. Anyway, we should probably draw a line to the Fortnite now, but I'll leave that like, there and say I am enjoying it and I will be playing it more, and I look forward to playing it with you again sometime. Yeah, we will. It's very
0: enjoyable. Like, let's do it. I I will get my power level up. I will get my my key where I kind of look like I'm going Super Saiyan and the ground breaks, because that would be dope. And I will do it with my weird anime cat lady. So, good. Marvellous.
1: Shall we return to the subject we started last week, which was looking at the uh, consoles of the
0: past. The consoles of the past!
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. If I recall, yeah. yeah, we were up to Saturn and
0: PlayStation and N64... Yes, and then we were like, okay, the PS2 is going to be a a meaty library for us. to Oh, talk about.
1: right. I, I mean, I'm going to give the floor to you on the PS. Well, shall we start with the Dreamcast? That makes more sense because it came before.
0: I think so. It is a yeah. a console. I yeah. Go on. I'll give. Actually, I'll hand over the floor to you because I oh, feel like yeah, I've been okay. talking about a lot of. I mean, if we're going to talk about Dreamcast, Tom, there's one person on this podcast yeah. who should start this off.
1: So the Dreamcast. So, so, we'll start off with that same question we were asking before. When you think Dreamcast, what comes to mind, right? Yeah. And I think fantastic Sega arcade ports. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It, it the hardware the Dreamcast is based around um, Sega arcade hardware. Is it the Naomi board or the Naomi board? I, yeah, I, I think uh, you've got you've got things like Crazy Taxi and 18 Wheeler and Virtua Tennis and uh, Gosh Confidential Mission and. Oh my, the the list goes on and on and on into some more obscure uh, Sega Arcade uh, games as well. Um, Also, you'd think Shenmue, I suppose, because for the time that was one of the most amazing video games that we'd ever seen, I think it's fair to say. In terms of the amount of detail in that world and the scope of that game and what was being attempted with Shenmue was... Pretty revolutionary, but maybe there'd been similar things in the PC space, perhaps. But in terms of a, a console game, I think it was fairly
0: unprecedented. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even in the PC space, when you had that kind of game, it was more yeah, it was more like an advanced point-and-click adventure rather than what Shenmue ended up being. You had games like mm. Atlantis, like I remember Discworld Noir. They were. You know, Grim Fandango, you had games where you were wandering around and interacting with characters, but it was always around Mm. that idea of, you know, a point-and-click adventure rather than an action
1: game. That's a a very good point. Shenmue introduced things like the the, the real time and the weather and the waiting for things to happen and everything that made you feel like you are in a real world as as opposed to a game world. Relationships between characters, voice acting, the whole shebang. Um, Great story, I think, and and really well told. Also, I guess uh, you can't think about Dreamcast without thinking about Sonic Adventure, and maybe to a lesser extent Sonic Adventure 2, but still um, a good game. But I I think think Sonic Adventure is the one people associate most. Maybe they associate Adventure 2 with the GameCube. I I do. I was about to say, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, But there's there's also uh, the amount of fighting games. Uh, Soul Calibur, Power Stone... uh, Capcom versus SNK, Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, yeah, a really solid selection
0: of fighting games. I mean, you're also forgetting the fact that the console had online play and also mm-hmm. featured games like Fantasy Star Online. That's correct. Bring finally like an MMO to a home console market. So, you had yeah, Choo Choo Huge. Rocket playing that online was something that we did quite regularly. Also, just. Dream. I've going to say
1: it broke boundaries, the Dreamcast did, and all in that tiny, beautiful, white little box. And I think it's aesthetically a beautiful console. I know I said previously the Mega Drive was beautiful. I also agree. The Dreamcast, as long as it's not yellowed, <laughs> it's More still looks, <laughs> it still looks very nice to this day. It, the form factor Dreamcast is great. You've got four controller ports. The VMU was also revolutionary, having a screen on your memory card, a screen that then slotted into your controller and you could view extra information on there. Sega did that uh, before uh, anyone else, to my knowledge, was mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, the triggers are actually
0: that—that's the... not really true, though, is it? Because Pocket Station was a thing. Admittedly, but Pocket did... Station
1: was not Pocket
0: Station after Dreamcast. Or... I don't—I don't think so, Thomas. For PS One, because I remember that. I remember there being things in the back of my Final Fantasy Eight manual okay. that were telling me to buy Pocket Station. And right. Pocket Station,
1: very cool, but you couldn't appreciate the screen when you are playing the game.
0: No, that's true
1: because the, the thing was plugged into the PlayStation. So I think the Dreamcast stepped that up. And the triggers are great. I just want to say about the analog triggers on Dreamcast, um, really nice, and that's become a staple. I think Microsoft has based the whole Xbox controller around the Dreamcast controller, so that's how influential that is. Yeah, and I came to it quite late, which is interesting. I... Um, I was aware of the Dreamcast, I played my uncle's Dreamcast, I was blown away the first time I saw Soul on that. I The graphical leap from the generation before to the Dreamcast, from N64 to Dreamcast, it was like, it really felt like the next level, yeah. in terms of um, graphical quality, the whole, the whole thing. And uh, I got a Dreamcast near the end of its uh, lifespan, they were selling them for £50 pounds from game, and that's that's when I picked up my first uh, Dreamcast and I picked up with a copy of Dead or Alive 2 which to this day is one of my favourite video games and one yeah. i turned to quite recently and played to death uh, the version of Dead or Alive Ultimate I've been playing lately so um, I've got a lot of love for the Dreamcast and there's so many games we haven't even mentioned uh, we haven't uh, even touched on uh, some of the RPGs for the system probably the standout RPG is Skies of Arcadia RPG, but I'm not someone yeah. who can really talk to RPGs much but... I think some people view the Dreamcast as a very arcade-centric console, and they're absolutely correct. But you have got these bigger uh, adventure games, Sky's Arcadia Shenmue. Um, there's not as many of them. There's Grandia 2. I was
0: about to say Grandia 2 also was... That thing, that yeah. was
1: pretty um, big, um, of course. 100%. Yeah, other- yeah.
0: Headhunter,
1: uh, action-adventure game was pretty good. Um, there are more uh, the Dreamcast Blue library Stinger, is pretty egg, expansive. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, the, the Evolution games or Vault. Yeah, it is Evolution, isn't it? Also, like Evolution. EGFGs, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know how good they are. I've never played. They're them,
0: not bad. But, you bought yeah. me the second one, which I'm yes. very thankful for because it's now a very expensive game. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed my time with it. I thought it was pretty good. So, so how do
1: you feel about the Dreamcast? Let's, so
0: let's I see. never, I never owned a Dreamcast until we were living together. Um, until like you were not until i experienced your dreamcast i never owned one i have a weird relationship with the dreamcast cause it was always unlike the saturn it was always a console i really wanted because when i would go to swansea on a weekend with friends we would go into game station and they would have a really really big dreamcast section mm. and as you mentioned it would just be like flicking through stuff Going like, wow, Grandia 2. Shit, I really want to play Grandia 2, but I can't I can't justify buying this console just for Grandia 2. And then Skies of Arcadia came out. You see things like Third Strike and all the fighting games. You're like, wow, these are really interesting. And JoJo was on there, and you were like, oh, this is what? Like, why is this? A, just, you would just see things. And there was there's a game I cannot remember the name of. It's got anime. It's an anime mech fighting game. Oh, TechRomancer. TechRomancer. I was just looking at the cover and I was like, that looks amazing. I want to play TechRomancer. What we ended up doing was our local rental place would let you rent a Dreamcast for two days. It was 20 quid. So some weekends we would just chip in 20 pounds, go to my mate Craig's house and play the Dreamcast. And generally what we would do, just getting the more gimmicky stuff. We'd just play House of the Dead. We'd play yeah, things like Sega, Sega, Sega Bass Fishing with a crazy controller yeah. that looks like a fishing rod. Um, yeah. We would. Oh wow, I
1: I forgot a lot of arcade. I forgot Virtua Fighter three. I forgot F three five five
0: Challenge. Um, gosh, Sega Rally two. Yep. Mm. Yeah, there was just loads of cool stuff for the Dreamcast. It was always a console I really, really wanted. But never ended up getting, because I was, as we will talk about in a second, I kind of ended up getting a PS2 and a GameCube instead. Yeah. Well, this was the thing at the time. The PS2 was on the horizon, Mm -hmm.
1: and there was a hugely loyal fan base for the PlayStation, and and quite rightly so. It had been a very successful console. Um, People needed to be tempted away in order to, to part with their cash, and I guess a lot of them wanted to... Wait for the PlayStation Two, especially as it was. Um, it was going to have a DVD player. I think that was a huge yeah, selling point. It was for a lot of people, and that's the Dreamcast doesn't have that. It can play CDs, <laughs> at least, but uh, it, it it can't play DVDs. And yeah, at that point, that was the thing people wanted. It yeah. was very important to people. So, but the, yeah, so so perhaps some of those things contributed towards uh, the demise of the Dreamcast. Uh, But at its time, it was pushing boundaries and doing things we'd never seen and delivering really quality experiences.
0: Like, weirdly, right? Everyone talks about, oh, the Sega of old. A lot of my feelings about the quote-unquote Sega of old are tied up to the Dreamcast.
1: Yeah, and I think that's true. For the Sega brand as it is now, the Dreamcast is still incredibly important to Sega because some of their franchises which people think fondly of now like Crazy Taxi. Jet Set Radio. Uh, be- and Jet like- Set Radio. That, that we have mentioned that even have we? Um yeah, began life on the Dreamcast and or in the arcade. Um yeah, it's um yeah, hugely important to Sega's identity. And sure. to think that it came so long after the mass system and the Mega Drive and after the Saturn, which you know, would you think that in the West at least, after the Saturn could Sega ever recover? And the Dreamcast just, they rose from the ashes like a phoenix and the, the Dreamcast was, yeah, uh, a real special console, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. Like, is console ahead of its time? Which that really sucks for Sega because I think had that console came out like two years later, I think what... Sega saw where the world was going, but the world wasn't ready to go with them. And that's often the case with a lot of innovation. Hmm. I it, honestly like we've talked about it. I have biases towards how I feel about the Mega Drive. No one I really knew how to sat and I wasn't really exposed to it. But everyone I knew kind of wanted a Dreamcast. Which mm. I didn't know anyone who owned one. And it until was a eventually... big tech, wasn't yeah. it? It was
1: like we'd never seen games that looked like this. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time, it was like he wanted it because it was the new technology.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, but th- there are a few um, bad things about Dreamcast, uh, I and mean, I think it's only proper we address them here. Finding
0: one that works in this day and age is probably well, top of my list. It has a
1: very common issue that's very easily fixed. It's to do with some um, connectors. Uh, the Dreamcasts, as they go on, they have a habit of resetting themselves. Yeah. Uh, I've experienced this a lot, and if you don't know about it, you might be tempted to buy another console. You don't necessarily have to do that. I think the first thing you should do if you've got a Dreamcast, which is resetting itself, is to open it up and there's some pins you just need to push. You'll read various things online about needing to add extra solder to the pins and such, but a simple pushing them in one direction, I think towards the back of the console, uh, they're to do with the power and that's why it, it keeps resetting itself. That is a for me. It's always been a huge issue with the Dreamcast. Yeah, the, the the biggest issue by far, and I think that's a real shame that it has that sort of manufacturing fault. Yeah, that if you if you're not in the know, yeah, you you might think your Dreamcast is is knackered and you can't fix it yourself, which. You know, I'd like to say right now, you can. Yeah, com- if it's that specific problem.
0: <laughs> Compared to, you know, the wonders of the Xbox 360, which is like if you've got three red rings, you may as well just throw the thing out. <laughs> you, there are yeah. some things you can do with a Dreamcast. You can also, like, I know people tend to have issues with the the laser reader, the optical drive sometimes. I've, goes. Yeah,
1: I've had one Dreamcast where, where the uh, optical uh, drive has, has died. Um. That wasn't bought as new. That that was a secondhand console, but yeah, yeah so that that can happen, and that can happen with with Anything. any like CD yeah. <laughs> based console. Uh, one thing I never really liked about Dreamcast, it didn't bother me at the time, but nowadays it may bother some people who want to revisit the Dreamcast. Is how loud it is. Yeah. Um the the reading of the disc on the Dreamcast is incredibly noisy, and and more so on certain games than others. But the constant Noise it makes. yeah, It's not pleasant. And having silent consoles as we do now, it is jarring to switch on a Dreamcast and return to it. But of course, the experiences more than make up for that. But it's worth noting, I think, as a, a negative about the Dreamcast. Yeah,
0: and I think it's a fair one. But all things considered, I, it yeah, these are nit- yeah. This is nitpicking. This comp- is nitpicking. I mean,
1: overall, it's very good. And the fact it has four controller ports is fantastic. I like that controller. Always have done. Me too. Um, yeah, I think, it, as I say, that it, it was the prototype Xbox controller and the Xbox controller for my money is still the best controller out there.
0: Mm, my God. Mm. Yeah.
1: It's yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe like, like we're getting ahead of ourselves, Tom. We're not even talking like modern gen yet. I yeah. I do like the Dreamcast controller, definitely more so than the GameCube controller. I kind of like the DualShock 2 as well, though. So, I don't know. I'm not... This is the thing. I came to it after the fact. I think where I know the triggers feel nice, but where they're kind of placed for me has always been a bit shitty.
1: Mm. It's not as bad as the Xbox uh, No, it's definitely S not as... Controller b- S. Yeah. The Controller S has bad trigger placement. Yeah. Um, but later... Controllers are better. Yeah. uh So I suppose we should move on to PlayStation now. We, we probably have should. On about how much I love the Dreamcast, uh, but.
0: Yeah. But this is the thing. This is the weird thing. I have, despite not owning one, I have a lot of love for the Dreamcast. I mean, I do now, but respect, I mean at the time. Yeah. Could say, yeah. But I I owned the other two consoles. And I I don't think there's a console I dislike, really, in this generation. If push came to shove, I would actually... If it was, like, a, one of these goes-into-room-101 situation, it would probably be the GameCube.
1: Oh, so you're talking about PlayStation 2, Dreamcast, and GameCube? Yeah. What about Xbox?
0: Does Xbox... Oh, shit. Yeah, yes, it, That's it totally true. does. <laughs> it is that generation. It was Fuck. coexisting uh, My... with the
1: PS2, GameCube, and... Uh, yeah, PS2 and GameCube. Uh, I think the Dreamcast yeah. can sort of it's sort of like in between. It is. That's the weird thing, odd thing with position.
0: the Dreamcast. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, okay, let's talk about the PS2, because otherwise right. this, this podcast is gonna go on for seven hours. I the the PS2 was the first of this console generation I owned. Um and there was a degree, as you said, of hey, I owned a PS1. Hey, the the games are backwards compatible. I was like, oh, well, that's nice. I've spent a lot of time and effort Mm. trying to find games like Symphony of the Night and various square RPGs. That's really I could
1: have been in that um, group of people as well, had I owned a PS1. I wasn't. It's important to make that um, clear, that uh, I did not have a PlayStation 1. I had no interest, really, in in, in PlayStation at the time
0: but i i i think if we do if we do the layout as we did with the dreamcast the thing that drew me to the ps2 and i think the things that you would also associate it with was that like the dreamcast before it a couple of years into the ps2 you were seeing games that you were like oh my god look how far games have come this is amazing mm-hmm. look at this mm, too, you yeah. had games like final fantasy 10 that just looked like Real life. I mean, you look at th- them now, and I think we're given a bit too much credit. But like at the time, it was just like, oh my god, look how far graphics have come. Well, that look that was the do. first,
1: yeah, it was the first PS two game I saw that made me go, oh, this is a step up from Dreamcast. Yeah, you know, um, say what you like about, you say the uh, the the sharpness of the image. I, I think Dreamcast was, was often running at a higher resolution with a yeah. uh, better anti what well, aliasing, aliasing than the PS two. Yeah, for sure. But in terms of the the visuals there on final fantasy 10 and the scope of it yeah it was pretty jaw-dropping
0: there were so there was things like that as you've already mentioned a a key factor for most people i knew who bought one was oh this is also a blu-ray player um um a dvd DVD. player sorry yeah that'll (laughs) come later (laughs) that'll be why i bought a ps3 um that factored in of like oh my god this has got a dvd player in it amazing and even like Games retail suddenly stocking DVDs as a mm. response to like shit. People are buying this because a DVD player. Maybe we should buy you things. My first mm. DVD I bought was actually Fellowship of the Ring, which I bought mm. in Game Station. I traded in games to buy Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. um Probably good games. I probably traded in a copy of Mega Man Xbox. now I think about it to buy Lord of the Rings. That was dumb. Wow. Anyways, there was the DVD player aspect of it. There was the first console for me. Where I really, really started playing first-person shooters and having two analog sticks to play a first-person shooter, essentially redefined what modern FPS games mm. are and home consoles. Yeah, so... you could
1: you could argue that was a shortcoming of the Dreamcast. That the previously the PlayStation introduced its two analog sticks, and uh, the Dreamcast didn't have that. And uh, yeah, m- maybe that hurts it a little, but. Um... Yes, that's a good thing about PS2. For I,
0: sure. I have a very vivid memory of sitting in my mate Dan's house and playing Time Crisis 2 for the first time and being like, oh, the, I need to move the camera and where I'm aiming at the same time? What the? And then by the time you got used to it, you're like, oh my God, why has this never been a thing before? This is so good. Did you play Time Crisis 2 before Time Crisis 1? I played Time Crisis 2 before Time Crisis 1. And uh, stri-
1: Time Crisis 1 was my first experience yeah. of that. Yeah. And Jesus, God, that was vomit-inducing at the time. Yeah. I think it's one of those games of first-time splitters which does turn my stomach a bit.
0: Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> like, my, my mate Dan also got a PS2 at launch, and I remember going over to his house and playing Devil May Cry and just watching him, because he just he got the PlayStation 2. He'd been given it very early Christmas morning because he used to work on a milk float. So he came in at, like, 4 o'clock from working a milk float, and his mum and dad gave him this PS2... And like, by the time I came over in the afternoon, he was on the final boss of Devil May Cry and just being like, this is the best thing in the world. Mm. Um, so I ha- I definitely had friends who were very, very early adopters of the PS2. Um, I th- again, I think it just... Modern games and where we are now, especially with things like Grand Theft Auto 3 and going into just... Where JRPGs went after Final Fantasy ten, you had Metal Gear Solid two, which is eventually the game that I looked at and was like, Okay, I need that. I was saving for a GameCube, I was waiting for GameCube to come out and they pushed the deli- mm. the release date and I was like, actually, you know what, I fucking I need to play Metal Gear Solid and Final Fantasy is out on Friday. Mm. I need mm. this console. Mm-hmm. In a way that I don't think since or before or since that I was like, I need this like this is a thing that I need to own it.
1: There's, yeah, I, I was, I was, I looked at it with interest because my good friend Adam had a PS2. Yeah. Well, I didn't have one; I had a Dreamcast N64, and I was very busy with them. And I'd borrow it to to play it. You know, I it to play Grand Theft or Vice City at the time. So yeah. there's definitely an interest in the console. It, it certainly had something that
0: was drawing me in. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I... So, yeah, so I didn't get it. Usually what would happen was I would get something like that for Christmas. But because I knew the GameCube was originally supposed to come out in May, I think I'd said to my mum and dad, look, I don't want a console or a big gift for Christmas. Can you just buy me a GameCube when the GameCube comes out after Christmas? And they would just think, yeah, sure. And that time is approaching. And... Stuff kept getting delayed and I was looking at the launch line up for the GameCube. And like I said, I played Metal but... Gear Solid 2 and I was like, oh my god, I need th- I need this game. So I got Well Ma- there was
1: already a lot more games out. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I'd
0: bought yeah. it in like a year or so into its lifespan. So I got it I got it with Metal Gear Solid, that was a the pack in. Then I bought immediately as soon as that came out on the Friday. I think I got Metal Gear Solid on the Wednesday. I might have Stayed home sick from school for the next two days. I had a mysterious flu as soon as I started playing Metal Gear. No one talks about it, Tom, but it was there. <laughs> um, played through Metal Gear 2. It was like, this is incredible. And then Final Fantasy X came out. I got that on the Friday. And then I started renting things. So I remember playing through Devil May Cry 1 and 2 because I, I think Devil May Cry 2 wasn't out that long afterwards, but I remember getting Devil May Cry 1. I bought Zone of the Enders immediately because um, I fell in love with that game and for some reason it dropped in price like nobody's business, even at the time when I bought it, like a year into the console it was like a tenner, I was like mm. this game's incredible, I'm definitely having this for a tenner um, I ended up picking up a lot of survival horror games for it, like Project Zero um, and Trapped what else did I have? I, I bought and played and sold and rented so many PS2 games mm. that I don't have that clear, a reference point to be like, this is when I played this, this is when I played this. I just remember it was Metal Gear Solid 2 and Final mm. Fantasy X up front, and then my PS2 collection kind of exploded. Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, there were a lot of games for it, I think, it's one of the key things about the PS2. It was around a while, and yeah. a lot of games got released for it.
0: I think it was just also... It's not a console defined by any one genre. And I think even though we're talking about like, yeah, you know, the Super Nintendo was all about RPGs and every. Yes, that's certainly true. There's definitely a wealth of like RPGs, but there's tons of racing games. There's tons of sports games. Like if you look at the PS2 library, I think it's like a 2000 game library in the UK and Europe. It's absolutely crazy. Well, there's certainly something
1: for everyone. Yeah.
0: I mean but it it's also just where yes like games that kind of had that dreamcasty feeling that they, like I could see Mr M- um Mr Mosquito and Mad Maestro being dreamcast games but mm. then you start to get that like japan studios flavor of weird stuff starting yeah. to trickle in and you get games well, that are, yeah. like I Rapper rapper
1: 2 uh, Gregory Horror Show uh, Under the Skin from Capcom. Uh, there are a lot, actually, of peculiar Japanese-flavoured games that were, that saw Katamari uh, Demasi on uh, US release, yeah. not not PAL. We got this We Love Katamari, I think. We did get We eventually. Love Katamari. I, I remember yeah. at the time I was working at game, and uh, we had one copy of that in, and yeah. my good friend Neil pre-ordered that. Yeah. And we only got one in because of that one pre-order of yeah. We Love Katamari. There was also a Guitaru Man yeah. on the uh, PS2. Uh yeah, there, there was a wealth of really interesting games. A uh, Freak Out from Treasure, I yeah. think. Is it Freak Out? Yeah, Freak Out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's great, great library.
0: I mean, it even started strong. I mean, like you had Dark Cloud as a launch title, which is a game that is loved and revered by a ton of people there's just so there's just such a wealth of amazing stuff on there like kingdom hearts started on that console you've got fucking i can't process because as soon as i think of one game i think of another game and i think it's probably why i've got so many ps2 games because it's just mm. such a wealth of stuff yeah good fighting games as well
1: you've got all those uh sort of Ports, Capcom vs. SNK 2, which only originally saw a release on the Dreamcast in Japan, made mm-hmm. its way to PS2 pretty early on. Uh, of course, we got Tekken Tag, and then Tekken 4, and the best Tekken up to that point, Tekken 5. Uh, uh, also, SoCaliber 2, 3. Yeah, and, and many more fighting games for that system. Uh vs. Capcom 2 saw a release on PS2 as well. Everything was covered.
0: Also, is the first console for me where you started... I mean, obviously, you have the, the treasure... Oh, no, it's not treasure, it's hamster. The arcade kind of, like, collections that we started to see in Japan that are very good. But also, oh, like, sure, I yeah. have the art, the art of Fighting anthology. I know you have, like, Samurai Showdown collection. They started There's the Fatal Fury one yeah, as well, yeah. They started to, like... Compile games. I mean, like, I've got King of Fighters, was the first time I remember playing King of Fighters on a home console. I know it's also. There was uh,
1: the first King of Fighters release, if I remember correctly, it was 2001, 2002. Yep. The two of them came yep. on the one level. disc. Mm-hmm. And then later you got uh, a collection of uh, everything from 94 to 97 or
0: 98, yeah. I think. 97, probably. Also, like Street Fighter Anthology, Street Fighter antho- Alpha Anthology, like.
1: Well, Street Fighter, uh, uh, the anniversary, uh, the Hyper Street Fighter
0: Two, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It, I have a lot of nostalgia for the PS Two, as you can probably tell. It is the the console I have multiple versions of, and honestly, like some of that is aesthetic. Some of me going like, oh well, I've got Slims. I don't own any other console. I have I have every region of PS Two. I have a Slim from every region. I've got multiple PAL ones because my library is so extensive that I'm like, yes, they're everywhere. But I also want to have a PS2 if my PS2 a goes. working PS2 exactly like any other console. Because I mean, to be fair, it's also then my PS1 library as well. But. It works yeah, for Yeah, PS1
1: games played really well on it as well. It wasn't like there was a compromise to no. play PS1 on it. It was just like playing on a regular PS1. There's
0: literally a PS1 in every PS2 on a chip. Yeah. It's not emulated. Yeah. It's amazing. It works as it should.
1: But the the amount of games, and if you really were into collecting, and collecting became very affordable for the PS2 at a certain point, uh, you're going to need m- lots of 8 megabyte memory cards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have I literally have a draw of eight megabyte memory yeah, cards. And that
1: gets that can get confusing remembering what's on what. That's a problem if you're really into collecting from a PS2. Remembering or making a database of what's on the memory
0: cards. I tend yeah. to my my strategy for this has been in recent years, especially like RPGs, mm. I will I will keep a memory card. That has my Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts two saves in what in the Kingdom Hearts. whatever one I played last will have that memory card in because in the case yeah it's got i like the it, I've used that, I use that holder that I never used to use because I'm like right I want to remember where this kind of save is therefore I'm doing this I do just have That's a good draw, idea. I do have a drawer full of stuff that is like okay these are memory cards I've got that either I haven't plugged in because they were in a case already or I got them with a the console. Yeah. Or they weirdly sometimes like charity shops here will just throw them in like random odds and sods bags. And so I ended up buying yeah. bags of electronics to get memory cards. If you ever
1: see one, it's a good idea to pick one up.
0: Yeah, for sure. Enough. I mean, I, I've. it's also a thing that people collect the type, the, the magic cards, like the official ones in different color variants as well, the same mm. way people collect controllers. I've also, mm. I know the N64 did it, but like the wealth of Official color variant controllers for the p s two's gotta be like the biggest variant library of any I remember concept. there were
1: variants on p s one as well yeah they were uh, of of see through controllers, but like it was mostly see through plastic like a red one a green one, um maybe a blue one. I'm not hundred percent sure I know definitely a green in um uh
0: it's definitely i've a got red a charcoal
1: p s one PS1 controller, yeah yeah which was when the redesign of mm-hmm. the 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 actual ps1 Yeah, um, it was around that sort of time
0: i've i've got i think i've got like 12 different ps2 controllers in different colors Cause i just mm. keep seeing them and i'm like oh i've never seen one of those before i mean i'm doing it now a little bit with the ps3 as well because that is a console that also has a shit ton of co- controller variants but yeah it's just that's just so really catered that console, I think, to people's individual tastes, and I kind of commend them for it. It's
1: like, like it's so successful, where do you go with it? How do you sell even more? Because everyone's got one. Oh, you, you give them all these alternate versions of it, and certain people will, you know, pick those up But as also, well, in like, addition to...
0: the Slim is admittedly a little bit temperamental. I've had many a Slim die on me. But I, I think it's just a beautiful... Next step for that console, like especially when you look at like the size and scale and bulk of that original PS2, and then them just going like six years later, got all those games you want to keep it. Look at I, this, yeah. it's just gonna slip under your TV stand, you're not even gonna notice. Oh.
1: Like the like the PS One redesign before it, it it took uh, minis- uh, micro consoles to the next level. Didn't yeah,
0: it? I I always loved that original PS One. I couldn't justify getting one, and to be honest, it wasn't until a few years ago when I saw one with the screen in a flea mm. market year for like fifty kroner, hour. I was like, "Oh, I'm having you." That was my
1: first PS One. That one. Yeah.
0: I yeah. I got I got the other one, but like I of I course could, you uh, had it way before me. I could never justify buying that second one, but as soon as the PS2 sim came out, I was like, "Go on, I'm having one of those."
1: Yeah, I'm, I I I you was in a position of selling PS2s at the time, which is the the first uh, console we've talked about where I was actually selling it to yeah. people. Uh, so it was a pretty easy. People wanted it anyway. You know, it wasn't a hard console to sell to people. And just listing the strengths of the console were enough to tempt your average person into buying one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the other console around at the time, after that, was the GameCube. It was. And that also became quite easy to recommend based on the strength of its Nintendo titles specifically. Yeah, for sure. And it's slightly more uh, improved uh, visuals than, than the um, PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, more, more more solid in a way, uh, to me at least. Uh, not not a major leap between the two consoles. But, yeah, what do you think when you think of GameCube?
0: I think a couple of things. I think, again, as with the N64, I think solid multiplayer. It definitely became yeah. a home for the that. The four
1: controller ports were a real selling point over... Oh, yeah, you might want to get a multi-tap because...
0: You're gonna if you need want to play one. four player. Yeah. And like it isn't even a console, I think the PS2, I never like I've got Ribbit King, which is a much more afford- affordable version of Ribbit King than on the GameCube. And it plays just as well. But mm. I never think I'm gonna crack out the PS2, get some people over and play Ribbit King. Like it it just doesn't compete. No,
1: the PS2 doesn't have a reputation really, even though it has plenty of multiplayer games as being a multiplayer console, probably because at stand it didn't come with more than two controllers yeah. whereas the gamecube out of the gate you know super monkey ball launch title all those mini games yeah uh, four controllers it it was made to be the uh party console I mean, and it looks like a party console so.
0: yeah and i pl- i played a lot of monkey ball in those early days yeah. so what happened was i as, as i said i wanted one i told my parents look don't get me a console for Christmas. I want a GameCube. When the GameCube comes out, can I get one? And they were like, Yeah, sure. So I kept buying Cube magazine, the unofficial Nintendo magazine at the time. Yeah, it's a great magazine. I was yeah, reading I it thought... and I was like, Oh my god, look at all these games that are coming out. This is so incredible. Um and then the games started getting delayed. The console got delayed. And then the launch lineup, if I remember correctly, I'm going to Google it just to be sure. Was well, on- I think I can remember only around ten games.
1: I remember Luigi's Mansion, so- Super Monkey Ball, and uh, oh God, oh Star Wars Rogue Star- Squadron. So Star Wars 2. Rogue
0: Squadron Two. Sonic Adventures was supposed to be a launch title, but I think it got delayed.
1: Yeah, I don't think it was a launch, no.
0: Universal Studios came out with it. Um, oh, yeah. Which is now a rare and expensive game because it's absolutely fucking terrible. I remember the reviews for that game being like 10 out of 100 and people going like, oh, God.
1: Yeah, I've never played it. I've seen footage of it. but I've I used to
0: see it all the time because I think lots yeah, yeah, of people... Yeah, yeah, you saw it around a lot. Lots of people bought it and then nobody wanted it. Um...
1: I mean, at that time, Die Hard Vendetta. I don't know if that was early or not. That you had Crazy Taxi and 18 Wheeler. Don't know how early they were. They were ported to
0: Wave the Race YouTube. as well. Blue Storm. Wave Race Blue Storm. Yeah. Right. Let me find the list. Right then. Okay. These
1: so, are all pretty early ones, aren't they? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So pretty much. Um, oh, these are Japan launch titles. I don't want that launch titles UK because I just want to confirm my memory. Right, list of video game launches with games consoles. This is going to be interesting because I, I don't actually know what launched for the Xbox other than Halo, obviously. Halo. <laughs> um, so, the European launch titles on May 3rd. See, I was right. Oh, no, Sonic Adventures 2 Battle did come out. Right, okay, so FIFA 2002 World Cup. Batman Vengeance, Bloody Raw, Primal Fury, Burnout, Cell Damage, Crazy Taxi, Dave Mirra's Be- Freestyle BMX 2, Disney's Tarzan Freeride, Donald Duck Quack Attack, Driven, ESPN International Winter Sports 2002, International Softball 2, Yeah. Oh. Um, Luigi's Mansion, Sonic Adventures 2 Battle, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader, Super Monkey Ball, Tony Ox Pro Skater 3, Universal Studios Theme Parks Adventure, Wave Racer Blue Storm, and XG3 Extreme G Races.
1: This is pretty solid. A lot of games we've already seen on PS2, but uh, there's uh, quite a nice uh, variety of stuff there.
0: There was, and like in my head, I was like right. I'm going to get Luigi's Mansion and Sonic Adventure Two Battle because I think Game Station or Game was doing a bundle deal. And then oh, I remember the bundle deal. I I didn't I didn't get it because I got the PS2, and then my buddy Andrew got his the same way he got an N64, and I went over to his house and it was exactly the same experience as watching him play Diddy Kong Racing. Where we were playing Luigi's Mansion, going oh, this is really cool. And we both sat down there and we beat it in a few hours and we're like, oh, fuck, what are you going to play on this console now? Mm. Monkey Ball filled that gap, though, fortunately. He yeah, Monkey but Ball, in terms but... of
1: single-player adventure games, I guess there wasn't so much at the beginning of the console's
0: nope, lifespan. for sure.
1: No. Well, Star Fox Adventures would come shortly after Yeah, the release. That,
0: actually, that is the game I think I wanted with launch what was originally Dinosaur Planet and then turned into Star Fox mm. Adventure. And then I think that got delayed. I think that was the thing that made me go, no, actually, you know what, I'll get this later. Mm. I mean, right, so that launch titles aside, which to be fair, now looking at it, I'm like, actually, there were some good games. I think I was just being like, oh, I want a PS2 and trying to find reasons not to get a GameCube all of a sudden. The, The games that really I think about when I think about the GameCube are obviously Wind Waker, um mm-hmm. I remember seeing the the demo for the realistic Ocarina of Time at Space World or whatever the hell yeah, it was at the time. It well. yeah. and my mate Dan downloading that off the internet off Napster and us watching it like five times in a row, going, Wow. Mm. Um that was great, that was incredible, and then like they announced Wind waker I was like, That looks cool and everyone I knew was like, Ah, this is terrible, what are they doing? Um and then got it, and it was incredible. I, I played a lot of Smash Brothers Melee. I mean, people still play that game for a reason, because I think that was the thing of Smash Brothers. And I say, I played a lot. I mean, I don't mean compared to the people I know. It was a fun party game at the time. No one I knew played it that seriously, and then I moved to Denmark and realized that people take Smash Brothers way too seriously. <laughs> um, I think of Skies of Arcadia... Um, that's where I played that for the first time. I didn't love it. It's one of the games I sold, and I regret selling. But I thought it was kind of cool. Animal Crossing, actually, I imported. I remember seeing about uh, reading about Animal Crossing in in Cube, an official Nintendo magazine, and going, "That sounds amazing. I need to own that." And I bought it, and I imported it, and I bought a freeloader disc from Game Station, and I played the shit out of Animal Crossing. All of us did. In you... Japanese. No, in American. American. Um, it came out. It came in American, Tom, you know. That in language. Ma- English? No, I bought a US copy and I played it in English um, because it came out in the States relatively early on to the GameCube's lifespan compared to everything else. And then eventually it would get a European release, but it was very late. I don't own the European one, sadly. I wish I kind of did, but...
1: I used to, sold it.
0: Yeah, I bet you did. I know it's not your kind of game.
1: <laughs> I kept the memory card that came yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, Pikmin we haven't mentioned Pikmin we haven't yet. mentioned
0: Pikmin great game the series started another there. game
1: that you associate heavily I mean a lot of them will be Nintendo only games uh, I think um, Sega's support was good with Sonic Adventure and Fantasy Star mm-hmm. and you know as I've mentioned Crazy Taxi 18 Wheeler uh, yeah uh, it was interesting how how Sega sort of embraced the other consoles after the Dreamcast demise and ported a lot of those, you mentioned Skies of Arcadia as well, ported a lot of those Dreamcast games to the other consoles. Mm-hmm. Interesting how they did that as well, how the Xbox ended up with Shenmue 2 and the others didn't. And yeah. yeah that's... A- anyway, uh, the GameCube for me, what I think of most, first and foremost, is one of the games I just... I practically use my GameCube for every time I revisit my GameCube it's to play Mario Kart Double Dash.
0: Yeah. Oh shit, <laughs> I forgot my double dash. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um I love that game so much and uh, that was that is still my favorite GameCube game I think I have to admit.
0: Yeah. I it is my timesplitter two console. Like as much as I yeah, say hey yeah, I played that the time first time, time on the <laughs> PS2. We well, I lost Summers Time Splits Two on GameCube. That's where I got good at first-person shooters, and then that transitioned and helped me so when I eventually it. It's X-Bod. interesting.
1: It shares that same DNA with the um, N64. You play GoldenEye on it and Mario Kart 64, yeah, and then you play Double Dash and you play Time Splits Two. I um, also played Bomberman
0: the, on the GameCube a lot. Bomberman, yeah, yeah
1: it's good. And uh, as we've mentioned, Super Monkey Ball. Um, again, Sega sort of picking the uh, GameCube to be their place for monkey ball mm-hmm. um i think they probably looked at it in terms of ages and probably yeah. thought well nintendo probably down ages let's put monkey ball and sonic on there and then playstation let, let's let put uh f355 challenge and echo the dolphin and uh have an altered beast on there and, hey man and maybe the, a
0: bit it, more... it led to yakuza i'm not going to fault them on and, and and
1: and yakuza yeah um the GameCube makes me smile when I think about it. You know, it's got a handle, you know, which I think is a pretty uh, quirky thing for it to have, but very practical as well. If you ever move a GameCube, you yeah. use the handle. Oh no, you absolutely. Yeah. I've
0: I've done it many a time, Tom. I mean it is it is the console I use the most, is what I used to record biographics. I literally turn a GameCube on at least once a week at the moment and you're the do The GameCube player we're talking about. For the Game Boy player, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And The Game Boy Play is also quite an important part of uh, the GameCube Mm -hmm. and its legacy.
0: First official licensed uh, wireless controller I owned as well with the WaveBird.
1: Yeah, WaveBird. Big, big, big deal. And uh, also the tiny disks, which did mean that some disks had to be spread across multiple disks. Yeah. Some games, sorry, it's. suppose. Multiple discs. In the case of Resident Evil 4, I think after Mario Kart Double Death, it's Resident Evil 4 for me has been another standout uh, GameCube title. I Because mean, the- Capcom really embraced, for some reason, the GameCube as the adult console for Resident Evil games.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was the Capcom Five, wasn't it? Like that's mm. what did it. They were like, "New oh, Beautiful Re- Joe," and- "New Resident Evil," "Beautiful Joe," Project Number Three, and then the other two yeah. games that never came out that I can never remember. Oh, Killer Seven as well. Like, Oh
1: Killer Seven, yeah, absolutely.
0: And then Phoenix something or other, and then it never came out. It was the fifth game in that okay. that no one ever talks about? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's Strange you didn't get a Kami, that was a PS2 game.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, there's some there's some weird choices. Like, To your point, though, I think with Sega in particular, I think they put stuff on the Xbox as Microsoft saying, hey, give us some games that are going to help us attract and win over a Japanese audience, because all of these Western shooters probably aren't going to do it.
1: Well, the, the, the Xbox really was, in, in a way, the spiritual successor to the Dreamcast, I think, in terms of its online focus... Yeah and uh it has four controller ports has a very similar controller it also has that hard drive which for me you know it's it's a huge deal uh for the xbox I, but i think we would probably wise to leave the xbox
0: till next time i think so
1: yeah but uh it's just been great to chat about uh dreamcast ps2 and gamecube i think all three consoles are, are fantastic dreamcast holds a special spot for me and uh I think the PS two is absolutely great. It sort of sits in the in the middle. It's like, oh, it's fine, but it has it it lacks the same sort of appeal to me as the GameCube and the Dreamcast. They're both sort of quirky things where yeah. the PS two is sort of like the mainstream console. It does it jack of all trades. It does it all. It does it all pretty well. It does. But it doesn't have those extra flourishes that the oh, other two consoles man,
0: have. I, I, yeah, but I think what it doesn't make up for is flourishes, it makes up for in like an exceptional game library. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yeah, it is yes. the it is the home of like yes, there are some there are some strange games on the GameCube and Dreamcast, but like PS2's got some weird shit on it as well. Mm. Like admittedly, Nintendo weren't trying to sell you a microphone and or Dama and whatever on the on the PS2, but the toy came out. There was like. They did some strange stuff with that console hardware. Guitar I mean, it, Hero, Guitar I mean, Hero, it had a modem. You could play SoCOM online and Twisted Battle. Like overall, it's
1: probably the most solid of the bunch, arguably. Mm-hmm. However, now we all—I don't know—I always look to the the quirkier ones. Ah,
0: um, oh, man, I yeah, I, I, just... I can't it. It is just a, it is RPG heaven. It's got some of the best survival horror games on it too. If, I, if if it was a choice of, hey, you can only save one, as much as it would pay me to say it, it would be the PS2, as much as I would hate Like, the the Dreamcast would be like, ah, okay, buy, buy GameCube, Xbox. I'd just be like, oh, can I just keep Halo 2? Can I play Halo 2 on then And they'd be like, oh, buy Xbox. Oh, let's uh, save yeah. the Xbox, because I, I have know. a lot
1: of good things to about Xbox. Me too. But I think if we save one, it would have to be the dreamcast for Soul Calibur and Shenmue because they're in my top 5 games of all time. Yakuza man. So it has to it, it has to be that. Yaku- has to be, Yakuza, yeah. Metal Gear yeah. Solid.
0: I can't I can't not live without those games. And
1: on the other hand, you've got the GameCube which is Resident Evil 4 and Mario Kart Double Dash. So and then the PS2, it's like mm, there's not like any one game on the PS2 that I I love that's exclusive to it. i can. I'm kind of thing.
0: Shadow of the Colossus yeah, yeah,
1: they're great games, but for me, they're not my favourites compared to what I've the four that I mentioned. Then, so I can't save the PS2 because
0: it doesn't have my favourite games right. on it.
1: It does have Resident Evil Four, I guess. It does. But, um, right then. It I does th- have Soul Calibur 2, but it doesn't have Shenmue.
0: Right then, other than Shenmue, I'm I'm going to say we should park it here. I want you, Tom Parry, before we record next week, to go up and look at your PS2 collection, you know, that entire fucking room you have filled with PS2 games, and say, "Yeah, well, no, I'd throw the PS2 in the bin. I think...
1: I can't think, you know, they're very affordable games. There's a lot of them. They're good, but are they on the level of any of those four games I've mentioned? For me, personally, I don't know, maybe because I haven't completed a lot of games, you know. I, I tend to sort of... I've completed Resident Evil 4, that's why I can speak so highly of it. But uh, I never played through anything on the PS2 to completion. I, played, I don't think. I played
0: through so much. Gregory's horror Yeah, th- so this is the Project thing. I
1: mean, also, my taste, lean more towards arcade-style, fighting games, driving games. Dreamcast is great for that. We didn't mention Metropolis Street Racer, which is a fantastic game.
0: I mean, um, there's so many of those on the PS2, though. Like, How many Ridge Races are there? You've got Gran Turismo. You've got so many incredible games. I mean, we just said, like, pretty much every good fighting game ever made is on that console.
1: Yeah, yeah. My focus was on more those sort of games. And, uh, you see, (laughs) Burnout Revenge is one of my favorite games. Yeah. And that isn't on the PS2. That's on the Xbox and 360, isn't it?
0: No, I think that's PS2.
1: No, I don't think Burnout Revenge is on PS2. I'm going to look that up now, because I I'm need pre- to know. I'm
0: pretty sure it's on PS2, Tom. I'm pretty sure I own a copy. Is it? It is on PS2. She- yep. No, it can't be. It is. Platforms, wow. PlayStation 2, Xbox, I, Xbox 360.
1: I don't associate that game with PS2 at all. Um, Funny that I used to listen to like custom soundtracks on that, because you know, it really suited some sort of heavy... Heavy music, that game. Okay, yeah. Well, the PS2 is great, but I still would rather play it on Xbox. Fair, so, I
0: think. Fair, and we'll um, leave that discussion for next time. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying. Right. I'm trying to think. Like I'm desperately racking my brain to be like, ah, oh, what is the best game that I can convince you with? I mean, you just talked about playing Vice City with such like. I know it's. I know yeah. it's also on Xbox, but like, it's I where like Vice City. Where it's from? You just talked about Katamari with such grandeur. Ah, oh, anyways, let's draw a line Andrew, it, Tom. They're nice...
1: all up there. They're all, the, but both Vice City, Katamari, they're top tier games. They're not my
0: favourites. This is it. Yeah, interestingly yeah. now I'm looking at these things. Neither of us mentioned Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, or God of War. Anyways, n- n- <laughs> yeah, not 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 my favourites, but still top tier games. I mean, I know you. I know you've got a tattoo of Sly Cooper. I know you oh, yeah, I know my, you love you some, dudes of Cerberus. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, anyways, let's wrap it up. Okay. okay, if you enjoyed this trip down memory lane and this unofficial Fortnite podcast that this is slowly becoming, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on facebook.com, Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on Twitter at TMAcast at Game Boyle for me, at Tom Parry Lab for him. You can find us in a variety of places to listen to, such as on Tom Matt Attack 12. Com forward slash podcast blast We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. While you're there, give us a cheeky rate. Subscribe, let us know you're listening. Maybe, you know, just say, like, yeah, I want to play some Fortnite with you. Or I want you to talk more about Fortnite, because I couldn't talk about Fortnite for days, I think, at this point. But next week, we'll talk about the Xbox. You're pro-
1: you could probably talk about Fortnite for a Fortnite, couldn't you? Man? I
0: probably could, yeah. Well, maybe we should have a Fortnite Fortnite and just talk about it next week and then never again. Right, okay, Tom Parry, it's always lovely speaking to you. I'm going to go out and enjoy some sunshine. So until next week, everybody, be sure to game on. Game on.